Is that guitar live? I feel like Garth Brooks up here. <laughs> so, I don't know if I can say that in church. But uh, how's everybody doing? Good. Well, I'm excited to be here, and I can't thank uh, Pastor Eric and Pastor Bruce for the opportunity to be up here. It's my second time to provide a message. At, I did it at Baxter back in April, um, and that was a blessing. And uh, I was very happy to get this opportunity again. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll forget some things. That's in my disclaimers. So I have to give you the Brad Wolf disclaimers before I get started. <laughs> I was born and raised in Louisiana, uh, so I don't have very good command of the English language. <laughs> I don't enunciate very well, so if you get lost in any of the things I'm saying, just raise your hand and we'll even up after church. Uh, I have self-diagnosed ADDHD. That's not ADD, and that's not ADHD. That's ADD in high definition, so... Uh, <laughs> I medicate with caffeine, which doesn't help, so just bear with me. Uh, and it's allergy season, and I only say that because, Bruce, that gummit, you started crying up here on me, and I will get emotional. God is so good. This past, this past year... It's been one of the hardest years I've ever had in my life. Because I've hung so much on the worldly things in my career, chasing down promotion, trying to seek man's favor. And God, God uses things. Brother Jerry said it this morning. He said, COVID was a blessing. COVID was a blessing for me too. Because it opened my eyes. It opened my eyes to the things that are this world, and it exposed a lot of the darkness and the evil that's out there. Um, and in that, God downloaded in me, and he, he's, he's in the, it's the breaking. And it's in those breaking moments that you realize who you are in Christ and what, who he is in you. And... That is such a powerful thing to realize and to hear from God, physically hear his voice at 2 a.m. Tell you he's, he's got it. He's got you. And you're covered. Because that right there, that body was broken and that blood was spilled for each and every one of us. And he told me at 2 a.m., I've given you ears to hear and eyes to see. You're, you're on the right path. Just keep moving forward. And that's what this message is about. True grit. I'm more of a John Wayne, Rooster Cogburn. I don't know if anybody else in here liked the Bridges version, but I've, I, uh, I'm, I'm a John Wayne guy. Uh, so true grit. Forward by faith without fear. So... You want to turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 5. Go ahead and get started. A lot of this stuff, uh, like Jerry mentioned this morning, he's uh, law enforcement. I'm 24 years in law enforcement. Um, so if my voice starts escalating, and I get, it's, a, it's passion. I'm not yelling, okay? <laughs> so 
So I tell my kids all the time, I'm not yelling at you, I'm just passionate about you cleaning up after yourselves. <laughs> so, so Romans 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also have glory in tribulations, knowing that these tribulations produce perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I'm going to rest on that word perseverance, and that's what we're going to discuss today. So what is perseverance? Moving forward by faith in the face of adversity, difficulty, or discouragement. Never losing that faith. You know, and as Jerry can attest, anybody else in your law enforcement, military, so much value is placed on physical strength and being able to carry the load physically, mentally, the demands of the job, and that's kind of your you are in a, uh, uh, a wash pit of testosterone all day around a bunch of dudes. <laughs> Always trying to outdo each other, again, physically living in that physical world. And I can tell you this, Vicki can attest to this. She's like, stop going beast mode. You're going to kill these people. Uh, that's, well, that's a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> but the physical can only get you so far. Until, again, that 2 a.m. When you hear the voice of the Lord tell you, I've got you while you're, you're being broken spiritually by the world, by those out there that want to do you harm, that want to take your livelihood from you, that challenge you and force you because there's no other option but look up and say, God, I, I, I can't do it on my own anymore. So when those difficulties happen, you cannot do that on your own. It's only through the Holy Spirit, plain and simple. You better be calling on him. You better be rooted in that to get through these hard times. So perseverance in, in order to face these challenges that we all face, Weekly, daily, monthly, wherever the case may be, if it's a daily struggle, if it's a, a weekly, whatever the case may be, you better be praying continuously. Praying continuously and over everything. So if you would with, uh, turn with me to Daniel 6, that's where we're going to start digging into uh, this first step in persevering, which is pray. Pray, pray, and pray some more. So in Daniel 6, the setup here is, uh, well, let me turn there. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. I'm glad the lighting's good. I brought my glasses just in case because even though I've got the, as Vicki likes pointing out, the, what is it, super giant print edition. <laughs> I'm only 47. Don't let the gray hair, can, you know, throw you off. Uh, by the way, if you were, any of you were here earlier, the other uh, guys that were bringing a message, uh, Jerry over here, and, and he, was, he was introduced by Pastor Eric. There was a lot of baldness up here this morning. <laughs> so me and Dean are team hair. 
<laughs> so, team hair, no beard, bald beard. There's a delineation. So, we're so um, so. Daniel six. So uh, you'll see here in Daniel six how uh, King Darius he found favor uh, in Daniel. And why is this? Well, Daniel. 6, verse 3, I'll just turn the page here. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because of an excellent, what? Spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So what's happening here is Darius, is, he's over this, this kingdom, and he's got 120 satraps, and he's got three governors. Daniel's one of these governors. And Darius liked Daniel, no way to put it. He, he liked something about him, and he knew Daniel was faithful in his, his beliefs and his God. He with, knew Daniel was firmly rooted. That's where that spirit comes in. He had an excellent spirit. So these other, as things like this happen, and I'm, I would guarantee if I asked for a show of hands, how many people in here have been in a situation like this? You're excelling, you're doing great, great things, work, personal life, whatever. There's always going to be one person out there that's not going to like that. And we always have to ask what spirit's behind that. So the Holy Spirit's working in you. You don't work for man, you work for God. The devil don't like that. The devil does not like that. Every time you take a step forward in faith with God, the Holy Spirit, that is a declaration of war against the devil. <laughs> He's going to bring his army of demons against you all the time. So, again, I go back. You can't do it physically on your own. You better be rooted in the Holy Spirit. So, these satraps and governors concocted this, this little scheme to try to, to uh, bring Daniel down, and that's where we're going to pick up here. Um, they meet with King Darius. So, verse 7 through 10, all the governors and kingdom, all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, King Darius, they're, they're talking to him, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish that decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which it does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, this is the, this is the meat here. Knowing that that decree was written, specifically Daniel knew his, the Holy Spirit led him and told him that this is, this is you. You're the reason for this. You guys don't like because you have what? An excellent spirit about you. They're conspiring against you. So Daniel had a choice. Do I fall victim to the world, fall in line to the world, do what the world wants me to do, and deny my God, or do I do what I'm supposed to do, which is press in closer, not letting the world dictate and threaten you into doing what it wants you to do. He made that decision. Verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he knew it was signed because of him, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open, and I love that part, <laughs> toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day 
and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So, we could use some worldly terms with kind of how Daniel responded to that, <laughs> that decree, and it's not saying somebody's number one. That was pretty much him <laughs> taking a knee, kneeling before his God, and saying, I'm not going to let this world dictate my love of you and my faith in you. You've got me covered. I know it. So, so it comes. Of course, the, tra the plan, the, the trap laid, perfectly planned, so they thought. It's decreed. The satraps, governors, they approach King Darius and let him know, you know, what Daniel had done. They force his hand. Of course, Daniel's tossed in the lion's den, right? Overnight. Daniel survives that, as we know. I'm going to move over to, uh, where are we at? Uh, the next morning, fast forward here, Darius shows up. After restless sleep all night, he did not want to do this because, again, he knew. You go back into uh, 16 there. So the king gave the command, and they brought David and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. The king even knew that. <laughs> the king testified on behalf of Daniel, of his God and how good his God is. Before he signed and stamped that, that rock that sealed Daniel into, those line, into that line den. In doing that, you read in 18, the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No musicians were brought before. So he was, he was grieved by this decision. But he himself had already said, You're, his God's going to deliver him from this. And here we go, lo and behold, the next morning the king spoke, saying to Daniel, it's verse 20, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, again, so twice time, two second time he's declared this, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from, these, from the lines? Daniel's response, my God sent his angel and shut the lines' mouths so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. You notice how he went to his God first. He didn't, he didn't respond to the worldly thing first he responded to God my God delivered me because I'm innocent in front of him in him and through him and also O king I have not done you wrong so he went spiritual gave thanks spiritually to his father in heaven and then he came back to the physical world and said and thus I have not harmed you and done you no wrong either so That's the first step for persevering in the face of adversity, moving forward by faith in the face of adversity, difficulty, and discouragement. Second step, proclaim Jesus' name over everything. So we're going to pray about it in all things, all the time, especially when we're moving through these adverse situations, these threats, whatever the situation may be. We're going to pray through that. And then the word we get, we're going to pray in the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to proclaim his name because he won that victory. <laughs> we come from a place of victory. We're not seeking victory. It's been won. 
We just have to admit it and submit it. <laughs> That's it. So proclaiming Jesus' name over everything. So what is a proclamation? A proclamation is to declare publicly. Declaring publicly. The best example of that, to me, we move to Daniel 3. Again, we're going to stay in Daniel. Just move a couple of pages back. This is the story of uh, the golden statue. Everybody's heard this from this tall. King Nebuchadnezzar built this idol, and uh, he expected everybody at the sound of all these musical instruments to fall face first and worship this idol. Well, enter the scene, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, <clears throat> in the face of this command, here we go again, physical world manifesting itself. And I don't know about y'all, but since 2020, it, COVID, again, has been a blessing for, for me in this. It's forced me to rely on this and his word and his coverage. So in that, in that again, in that breaking, the things we encounter daily, the things that force us to, to challenge our, our spiritual world, our spiritual life. Because I don't know about y'all, but the last two or three years has been way more spiritual than physical. And it's manifested itself more and more daily, the spiritual world into the physical world. And we are fighting every day, just like Ephesians tells us, we're not battling flesh and blood. <clears throat> the spirit behind the flesh and blood is what we need to be concerned about. And you can only see that if the Holy Spirit's in you. And you can only see truth if the Holy Spirit's in you. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm starting to get wound up. I need, I need a cup of coffee to get, get my ADD under control. <laughs> So, okay, back to Daniel, the, uh, the, the golden idol. So, <clears throat> again, these, these uh, government hacks come in, and they tell Nebuchadnezzar that these three young men aren't doing as they were commanded, that they needed to, to fall to their face and worship this idol. They didn't do it. Uh, man, I'm running out of time, ain't I? <laughs> wow, I got to hurry up. <laughs> So they were uh, commanded to worship uh, this idol. They didn't do it. They were called in before King Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he gives them the option. He says, is this true what I've heard? Again, here's the choice. <laughs> and it's the same choice I think we're facing a lot, of, a lot these days. God or government, which one's your savior? <laughs> so here we go again. Just like Daniel 6, God or government, who's your savior? Who are you, gonna, who are you putting your faith in? So... <clears throat> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they doubled down. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't fall on our face. Um, and, or he gives them a, a second chance. Shadrach, Meshach, here we go, uh, Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. <clears throat> we choose God. We choose truth. We choose righteousness. We don't choose 
this, these things of the world. So we know how the story goes. It enrages Nebuchadnezzar. They bind him up, fire that furnace up to this ungodly heat, so much so that the people that threw him into it, they died as well, the heat coming out of it. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar looks in there. He sees four bodies. He seeks confirmation. Am I seeing, is there four? We threw three. Can't believe his eyes. And we move into 28, spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted him. They have frustrated the king's words and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut to pieces. So this is the second king that's declared our God, the same God. <laughs> right back then, all the way to this present time. Making decrees. Darius did the same thing. Nebuchadnezzar, same thing. But you know what's so, so heartbreaking about that? Is even though they knew that was God Almighty, their pride kept them from falling face first and worshiping the true God, but they knew it. They knew it, and they still didn't do it. So, <clears throat> we face these challenges, we pray, and then we're going to proclaim Jesus' name over it. Third thing we're going to do, we're going to profess. We're going to profess our gratitude and our love, no matter what the outcome is. Now, there's proclaim, profess. Again, I'm from Louisiana. I'm not an English major. I had to look it up. <laughs> uh, they're very similar. The way I separate the two is a proclamation is a bold outward it's like getting being baptized that profession is that personal moment that you accepted Jesus in your life you profess that you profess you believe Jesus was born a virgin birth lived a sinless life was tried unjustly sentenced crucified for us entombed and then three days later rose again. That's that profession. We accept that. We know that's true. No doubt. So professing your gratitude and your love, no matter what the outcome. I'll hurry it up here. Let me turn to, uh, this is my favorite part. I needed to hurry up. <laughs> so to prove this point, I need you to turn with me to uh, Matthew 10, 18 through 20. Did we get that one? Oh, we didn't. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll just read it. So, but when they deliver you, remember this for the next verses, that, the set of verses we're going to go through. So Matthew 10, 19, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Okay. So in all these verses, we keep seeing the same theme, what? Excellent spirit, by the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Here again, so we're going to move into uh, Acts chapter 7. And I love Stephen. I like Stephen because I feel like I got a lot of Stephen in me. I connect with him. When you look at verse 7-2, So, let me give you the setup. 
my wife will tell you I'm a storyteller. As you know, I'm running over time, so uh, I'm looking at her, and she's, that means get to the point. So <laughs> I get this all the time, get to the point. <coughs> I'm a storyteller, though, so uh, it's all about the setup with me. It's all about the setup. So the setup here is the church is exploding. And all these, the legal Pharisees and all the, the legalities of, of, of that time, they didn't like it. Here we go again. There's some jealousy going on. They don't like this. People are changing. They see it. Stephen, I'm just going to highlight here. Holy Spirit, wisdom, continually in prayer. Stephen, a man full of faith and, whole, of the, and the Holy Spirit. They prayed. They laid hands on him full of faith and power and did great wonders and signs among the people. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So <clears throat> truth, this is where I think truth hurts comes from. <laughs> the truth hurts. And I'm not talking about Stephen. He, he rose to glory. I'm talking about how that came about. So they're after Stephen. They don't like what he's pushing. They don't like this, this explosion of uh, Christ followers that's happening. So Stephen is brought before the council. They're looking steadfastly at him. They saw us, but they recognized the face of an angel. But they're going to go ahead and they're going to question him. Then the high priest said, are these things so? Talking about his ministry and him and, uh, uh, preaching, the, uh, preaching the gospel and preaching the word, Jesus. And he said, Okay, I love that part, so I'm going <laughs> to, this is where I have a lot of Stephen and me. I've got this printout on my wall, and it says, uh, if you hear me say first of all, <laughs> you better run, because I have researched, and I have prepared charts, <laughs> and I have a lot of data, and I'll destroy you. <laughs> uh, that is on my wall at my office, because that is a fact. I, am, uh, I may be a dumb redneck from Louisiana, but I am uh, very diligent in my work and what I do. Uh, again, because I work for the good Lord, I don't work for anybody else on this earth. So, Stephen could have said, first of all, <laughs> but he didn't. He chose the high, round, the high ground. He gave these gentlemen a history lesson because they were accusing him that he was going against the law. So his history lesson was pretty much him going, I know the law, <laughs> but I know the one that came to fulfill that law. And that's why you have me here. And this is paraphrasing. So, <laughs> so he gave him a history lesson. Now if we move to 51, 53 real quick, that's where we'll start. I'm sorry I'm hurrying up. This is where the truth hurts. So he gives them this long history lesson. And I challenge you, if you've never read Acts 7, that first 50 verses is, that's a quick history lesson. And it's truth. So he takes their truth, gives it to them, he feeds it to them, and then he feeds them <laughs> the next thing, which, again, I kind of love. He went scor scorched earth truth on them. <laughs> and his truth was this. You stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the what? Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. 
Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. That stings. That's where the truth hurts. That's where we got the term, I'm, I guarantee you. <laughs> that hurt. Why? Because we see what it did. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed their teeth. They gnashed at him with their teeth. They were so angry. You can just see the jaws tightening and the teeth like, oh, my gosh, how dare you come in? We're questioning you. Who are you to come in here and feed it back to us? But he did it. Why? Because I guarantee you, he knew, we know by the, by the book, but he, being full of what? The Holy Spirit, gazed, in the, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand and said, look, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. There's no doubt in my mind the Holy Spirit, after he threw that final lot out and pretty much called him out, I know the truth. You don't know the truth. They gnashed their teeth, and he knew what was next. He knew his fate. He knew his fate, and guess what? He persevered, and he kept fighting. In the face of certain death, he knew what was coming. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. They cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. That's a whole other day. <laughs> And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Faith to the end. Forward in faith without fear, in the fear, face of death and all. Then he knelt down, cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I don't know about y'all, but boy, I take some true grit. Ask for forgiveness to the people who just stoned you to death. Now that I've run over, and I'll go ahead and wrap it up. We're going to face, I feel, <clears throat> by what I know. Again, like I said, I, uh, I tried to pull myself out of the world and disconnect, but by nature and my job, I have to keep a foot in the world. <laughs> I have to know what's going on. And the lack, and in, in, uh, Dean mentioned this in the previous message, the lack of truth and the pure deceit we're starting to see in this day and age is unparalleled. Never seen it before in my life. And look at our older folks in here, men that I, that I just would hang my life on. I respect them so much. I guarantee you they've never seen this level of, of, of evil that we're seeing this day and age. And I go back to when Jesus, <clears throat> his exchange with Pontius Pilate, he says, everyone who is of me hears my voice and they know truth. So Jesus is the what, the way, the what, and the life. And when you start pointing that stuff out, you're going to come against some hard times. You better have true grit. 
how we do that, again, is we're going to persevere, and we're going to do that through prayer, proclamation, and profession. By professing his name from beginning to end and never ceasing to praise him, no matter what the outcome is. So when we face these things, we pray, we proclaim, and we profess, and I'll end with this. I'll give you a real simple way to remember what you're, when you're in the midst of that, I had a former pastor who used to always say, either about to step into the fire, you're in the fire, or you just came out of the fire. <laughs> so when you're in those moments, just remember James 1, 2, 3. And here's James 1, 2, and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And that patience Again, going back to that physical, we want, we want to control things. We just have to have patience. The Lord knows what's right. He's got a plan for us, and we have to follow that through. So when we, chase, when we, we are facing these things, we count it joy, knowing that that test of your faith is going to produce the fruits of that spirit that he's given us, that Holy Spirit that lives in us. So that is all I have for the praise team. <laughs> Are they coming up? Are we over? <laughs> well, I appreciate y'all. Sorry I ran over. And I have uh, our worship team, which, by the way, I, I had it on my sheet to thank them for, <laughs> for uh, their uh, setting the tone. Because I tell you what, they do such a good job in uh, connecting, I know for me, connecting my spirit directly to the Lord with that music. And uh, it's powerful. So we'll have an altar call. Uh, it'll be open for anybody who wants to come up and, and uh, talk, to, talk to our good God. So thank you all.